Hey, Justin. Hey, John. Did you know that you're in another podcast than Big Snackers? I was not aware of this. Do you want me to tell you about it? Yes, please do. It's called One Time I Podcast. What is that? Well, it's a podcast where we talk about things. Yeah, John. Basically what we do, what you and I do every week, is we start with a simple subject. Maybe one person has a story. I have a story or you have a story that happened in the past, in our in our adolescence or, you know, a week ago. And then your story makes me think of a story that's similar. That makes you think of a story that's similar. And then we basically just swap stories until it derails and goes completely out of control. What's it called? It's called One Time My Podcast. Where can we find out more information about this podcast I'm on? Oh, I'm oh, so fucking glad you asked. <laughs> it's OneTimeMyPodcast.com. Can you believe it? No. And what you can do there... <laughs> I don't understand that language, John. What well, did that mean? What I was trying to tell you is that you can click on the One Time You banner on the website and you can tell us a story. Like if you listen to us and you're like, I don't like the stories you're telling and I want to tell you one. We'll read it and we'll read it on air and then it'll eventually become a, a tangent that we go on that we never come back from. Is there a place they can find other tangents we might go on in a shorter form? Oh, yeah. You can, in 120 characters or less, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at OTI Podcast. Tell me, what is that website again? Because I am on this podcast, but I was not aware. Yeah, it's OneTimeIPodcast.com, you fucking moron. Tighten it up. <laughs> Denver, the last dinosaur. <laughs> He's our friend and a whole lot more. Denver, the last dinosaur. He's my friend and a whole lot more. <laughs> I want to bring that one back. I know you That's, remember. Yeah, of course I remember. We've had a lot of discussions. Um, that was a show for those people that are not as old as Justin, which is most people listening to this most yeah. likely. Yeah. There was a show was in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s? I think it was late 80s, but uh, it's probably, no, it sounds more like an early 90s thing. I mean, first, I definitely urge that after you listen to this episode or Justin can post it, you find the YouTube link of that intro song. And it was about a skateboarding dinosaur. Oh, I'll post the YouTube button. Yeah. <laughs> it was about a skateboarding dinosaur that uh, had cool, like, shades on and hung out with all these kids. Mm-hmm. But oh, I think yeah, Justin and I right. and other people were always confused by the theme song because the lyrics, as I sang, were Denver the Last Dinosaur, He's Our Friend, and a whole lot more. <laughs> and I assume he fucked the kids. I don't know what Justin thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, assuming I, that as well. I don't really know. Maybe he was just really... I just, like he was really like he's a father figure to them and you know it's like we might just be inoffensive or like desecrating this I want you to tell me right now anybody listening think about this if I ever said to you or you said to someone yeah they're my friend but a whole lot more tell me there's any non-weird way to mean oh, that yeah. none it's just like none that, it's like that episode of Digimon <laughs> we watched the one time where the guy said my name's TK and I'm not as small as I look yeah I don't know what that means because it, you, you are you are you're you the size be, that you are yeah, you can only be as small as you look and you can never you. tell me there's a normal conversation when you're explaining to somebody like yeah he's my friend but a whole lot more yeah <laughs> yeah that's just not it's not that's like putting quotation say. marks around friend like it's like you know? there's this guy we know actually who used to put quotation marks around things that didn't have them oh yeah <laughs> it was my neighbor and he would like literally he would message me on aim and be like oh hello there Ryan, and it'll be like, why are you quotating my name? That's that's my name. Well, he what did, was another one? Um, oh man, oh you're just not looking at the big picture. And I don't. What we were talking about wasn't anything serious. No, and it wasn't anything you need to look at the big picture about necessarily. <laughs> are you sure, Justin? He also did later on in life call himself Kind Bud Ken, so maybe that's another reason why. 
He also used to take a laser <laughs> pointer and practice in his backyard for Starship Troopers because he thought it was going to happen in real life. Yeah. He also said that one time he shot a dinosaur in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to Big Sackers episode 14. Yeah. We have surpassed the 200,000 mark, which means we're getting about 15,000 downloads a week, yeah. which means that Justin and I are in shock. Yeah. And we were moving up the iTunes charts and we've gotten hit up by some cool people. So thanks for listening. So we're going to keep on making it better. Which by making it better means that you're going to drink a bunch of weird shit today and right. it's going to make it worse. What we had, what we did is I was always curious because you know Justin and I are very big hip-hop fans. And I'm not necessarily a fan of modern hip-hop culture because, I mean, I like gangster rap yeah. and guns next as much person. But, yeah. I mean, if you look at Chicago and what's happening in the world, it's, it's sad. So I got actually prescription stolen from my mom's uh, cubby of codeine <laughs> syrup, and I mixed it with uh, the blue slushy juice, like uh, at the gas station. What I did, like literally the kind you just pump out. I makeshifted it as, as I just pumped it a little bit so the ice didn't come out, and just yeah. the blue slushy did. Then we added some ice cubes and a Jolly Rancher. Oh, I thought you went to the one of the ones where you were allowed to put your own syrup in first and then no, put the ice. No, it was a real slushy one, but I just pulled it barely so just the juice oh. could make its way out and not the ice. So we're going to try lean here, and we're going to see if uh, what it's like. And I don't think you can die just doing it once. Probably not. But If you could, then Lil Wayne would be dead like over and we over. We almost did die. So just for all the rappers out there, I'm going to drink lean right now, and then we'll see how the episode progresses. Which will be interesting because Vinny from Less Than Jake and Paper and Plastic and the man that signed <clears throat> Paramore and Fall Out Boy will be calling in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I was assuming so that you would wait until after we'll that. We'll probably fuck that up. Yeah. Oh! Ugh. Oh, it's bad. I don't know why you take such big drinks of it. Because I'm a big snacker. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's funny, right? Yeah, no. So I know you wanted to talk about... What Christmas? Yeah, which I love Christmas. Christmas is like my favorite time of year for the most part, as far as holidays go. I'd say fall from like after Halloween through the new year. It's probably also my favorite, yeah. Yeah, but I have a problem, and you won't have as big of a problem with this because you're a fucking awful person. Oh, is that, is, is that why? Yeah. Um, so we at work today, They the one of our vendors was nice enough to send us a big basket full of cookies, right, for the holidays because of all the money we spend there. So, you know, of the tens of thousands of dollars we give to them every year, the least they can do is send us an $80 box of cookies, you know? Which is still not fair. Yeah, no, not at all. But uh-huh. anyway, so I, I took a couple because, I, you know, they were mine. They were Those addressed to me. Cookies. So I was yeah. taking them. So I took one, and it was like this wonderful-looking, like, chocolate chip cookie, and it was like half covered in chocolate and then half just regular cookies. So you could still hold it and eat it. Ooh. So I bite into it, and it's fucking chocolate mint. <laughs> Because people at Christmas time think everything has to have mint in it. Just like at fucking Thanksgiving, everyone thinks it has to have pumpkin in it. Quit. You are the person who likes this shit. You're causing this to happen. I'm if I bite into another goddamn chocolate chip cookie with mint in it, which I did bite into a second one I thought was just regular chocolate chips, and it turned out to be mint chocolate chips in it, I'm driving to your house, and I'm going to shove them down your throat. <sighs> no, not like that. Like, oh. not sexually, but okay, like, okay. actually, like, hurt you. Oh. Okay, yeah. I, then I, I'll, actually, I'll come to your house and I won't hurt you. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah. Anyways, here's the thing. Justin's always hated mint. He used to go it's, so far as he said, no, no, I like if I got mint. a mint chocolate shake, he said, well, why don't you just brush your, uh, brush your teeth yeah, with chocolate said, and toothpaste? Yeah, I've said it on here before, and I'm saying it again. <laughs> all the people who like that shit, 
go somewhere else and like it together. And stop putting on shelves and stop putting it in things and fooling people into thinking it's something that's not. <laughs> I, on the record, like mint. I like peppermint and I like... I like mint stuff. I love pumpkin when pie. I like mint stuff when it's mint stuff. Like toothpaste. Or, you know, flavored okay, condoms. Okay, so what do you think? Or Excuse me? Huh? <laughs> or, uh, okay, so also... Mouthwash. Or the things that, you know, mint goes in, not desserts. <laughs> not things that are supposed to be tasty and sweet and wonderful. So what do you think about this today? I brought Put some, some fucking toothpaste on a cinnamon bun, you assholes. <laughs> fucking shitheads. <laughs> I have three other roommates, and today I brought home something, and everyone else thought it was disgusting, and I was so stoked. Yeah. And it was a peppermint hot chocolate. You're a fucking maniac. <laughs> Does that sound Go so bad? Go back to Starbucks and jack off with a guy named Jacob behind the counter. <laughs> first of all, onto a fucking candy first cane of all, brownie. I, first Ugh, of all, I don't so like disgusting. First of all, I don't like Starbucks. Second of all, his name would be you Jacob. You apparently do like Starbucks because you. And, no, you do like Starbucks. You bought peppermint hot chocolate, and that's what they fucking sell there. And secondly, Brent and Jacob are the same person. It's it's Brent Jacob something or other. That's the person who works there, and they have both names on their name tag. Okay, well, I don't go to Starbucks, first of all. Fucking jack off with the guy. And I don't go to Starbucks because I have any reason, like some people, which I think it's funny if you've noticed, like, among, like, punk rock people. They'll try and change the subject here. No, I'm just saying, have you noticed that people think Starbucks is, like, this terrible corporate, you know, and that they actually get, like, all their stuff locally and support local places, but people don't seem to realize the facts behind that? No, I know, but (laughs) they can go fuck themselves with their pumpkin lattes. Well, not just that, and and I also just want coffee, so the only reason I don't go to Starbucks isn't because it's Starbucks. I get hot chocolate if I go there. Their white hot chocolate is delicious, but other than that. It's probably got fucking candy cane bound up in it. Actually, good story. Last week... No, white hot chocolate is actually I went to Kroger, and I went to the Starbucks, and I got the peppermint uh, white hot chocolate, and I said, oh, this is too much. And I went back the next time and just got the white hot chocolate, and it was way better. So there you go. That doesn't explain anything. That just means that, oh, you had too many flavors in the thing. Yeah, but no. It didn't mean that you were sickened by the fact that chocolate and mint taste like vomit. No, it doesn't. It tastes yeah, good. it does. Just mint like, chocolate chip ice cream is great. Oh, you people. It's like people in the fucking summertime that eat lemon ring pie. It's fucking disgusting. Oh, it's great. No. Yeah. Meringue is the fucking nastiest <laughs> no, thing on the not. earth. Yes, it is. I don't even know it, what it is. It tastes like but. something between like a sponge and like cum consistency. Yeah, it's but disgusting. it's disgusting. No, it tastes awful. Well, what do you taste? What do you mean, what do I taste? Just like today. You mean, what do I What'd like? What would you eat today? Let's talk about that. I ate a peanut butter sandwich. All right. I had uh, some popcorn with right. cheese on it. All right. I mean, I don't really know what you want here. I'm, I'm just, just saying that you ate the combinations of things that you're talking about are disgusting and don't belong together. Okay. I feel like you're talking to me in slow motion. <laughs> That's fine. Is this lean? I, no, I think you're just having a stroke. <laughs> Is this supposed to be enjoyable to people? No, probably not. No, but, but I mean, why do so many rappers do it? Take another drink. Uh, why you keep drinking it then? This is an experiment, <laughs> Justin. You gotta get your fucking head on straight. What do you mean? Did you even eat anything before you came here? Yeah, I did. What? Fish. <laughs> what is so funny what about kind of that? Fish? Alaskan cod, and I salt and peppered it, and put on a little rub, and put a little garlic in there, and I cooked it, and I ate it with tartar sauce. Okay, but like usually when someone asks you what you ate, you don't just go, like, oh, did you have some, what did you have for dinner? Fish. <laughs> And I had green beans on the side, okay? Oh, you're fucking gross. What is fish and green beans? No, green beans themselves. I've been working on my diet, and actually I've been working out. So I've been two days, but I've been successful, and I haven't given it a temptation, which well, no, usually I do within about an hour. So two days so far is good, that's, and tomorrow will continue a third day. 
How's that counting works? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the only thing I'm not following on my diet is giving up diet soda because right now I know that I'm not going to be able to, so I'm taking a step at a time. Why wouldn't you be able to? I just like it, but oh. I'll give up any food, just not diet coke. <laughs> but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I don't think this lean stuff is a good idea. Seems like a weird time to give up. Uh, go on a diet at Christmas time. <laughs> it does, but I just got tired. Well, not that you've ever done anything exactly the right way. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean exactly? No, I mean, generally, you don't go about things at the correct time or whatever. You just kind of arbitrarily pick a time to do something and you just do it. It's not that lean tastes bad. It's that it tastes more overpowering than anything I've ever tasted. Yeah, it sounds disgusting. I don't, I don't even know why you think you're the weirdest part is the, the cup that you're drinking out of. Like it It's a styrofoam like, cup. That's what the wine does. It looks like you went to like uh, a fair in like rural Indiana somewhere. Well, listen, this cup says on it, average weight paper hot cup with a cardboard sleeve generates 379% more solid waste by weight than a comparable foam cup. What are they trying to say? That styrofoam is better for the environment because it's inherently no, way it's not worse at all. Than that. Yeah, plus, you can. Uh, plus, I don't think that you can recycle styrofoam. I'm pretty sure it's one of the few things you can't recycle. Yeah, I think a lot of people are doing away with styrofoam because you can't recycle it. I yeah. believe so. That's that's interesting. Well, maybe you could like burn it underneath your nose and get really fucked up that way. Oh yeah, man. Like you used to do, like you and Josh used to do with the army. Fighters. I didn't do that. He did it. No, I remember coming into your bedroom one time and both of you were sitting there. All fucked up because you had been burning army figures, not realizing that was why you felt all fucking crazy. Oh, well, yeah. But and you I mean, kept going, no, it's just because I haven't ate anything all day. No, no, I remember that, but I thought you, the way, way you made it sound is that, like, we were trying to, oh, like, no, get no. messed up. It was I know an you accident. weren't, you weren't, I, it was an accident, yeah, and then he started doing it for real. Right, I was going to say, yeah. I didn't keep on doing it. It was like the time when you and I talked him into huffing Freon out of our friend's house. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, right. But the, the funniest part about that was... It was Freon out of an air conditioner installed in the 1970s, so it was the same Freon that had probably be in it, been in there for... Yeah, he could have died. Yeah, probably. I'm still relatively certain that our friend Ryan has, like, brain damage from that because of the way he's acted throughout his life from that point on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He actually... Ryan... I remember called Nathan a few weeks ago, a friend of ours, and it was about 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. And I was just eating lunch with Nathan, and Ryan was like, Nathan. Nathan was like, yeah. He was like, come downtown. Nathan was like, <laughs> why? He's like, we just got to like, we got to get weird, man. We got to hook it up. We got to get weird. Why? And Nathan was like, it's 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, what do you mean? He's like, so just get down here. We got to get weird. Which I think we're in this actually of Ryan's older brother. Oh, One yeah. night, uh, <laughs> I never really experimented with drugs and at all, really, and never did any of that. And uh, it was right out of high school bunch of us were at my house and our friend jeremy came over which is ryan's older brother and jeremy's awesome but he brought a bunch of weed brownies and i had never done anything like that and i didn't that night either he just did it and i just was like okay and i remember he specifically came up to you and me <laughs> like i guess completely stoned out of his mind i was like 17 which i guess in our generation 17 year olds would think i was an idiot for not getting that but i just really wasn't exposed to stuff like that yeah and it just wasn't part of my lifestyle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, even like when I would go to parties with you, because yeah. you're a few years older than me when I was in high school, you'd be like drinking beers, and it was just foreign to me. It just wasn't 
a lifestyle that I was used well, to. Well, yeah, because your parents didn't do that, yeah, so you just, didn't have any like. And I wasn't against it; point. I just didn't care, so yeah. it was whatever. So Plus I guess you went to Christian school, and a lot of those kids were scared to death to do it. Like, not that they were scared, just like they thought their parents would like. You know what I mean? Like really flip, and they probably would have. And let's get coincidentally here is that I did go to a Christian school, and I was the realest person that went to the school that didn't try to impress the teachers. And after we graduated, I still consider myself a Christian. I think I do decent things. I help people out, and everyone else in my class is a drug addict or pregnant. Mm -hmm. And the irony of that is is kind of funny. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Saved? That that is Christian school, and it's. very little exaggeration. Well, there's yeah because very little. A spe- well, considering <laughs> you remember the one girl who uh, made the mistake of getting pregnant in school at your school, and then yep. they said that she would be fine. She just you know it would be all right. And they called that assembly and made her go up in front of every single person that yeah. went to that school and every faculty and everything. And made her apologize to eat every one of them, and Which, then expelled her on stage. That did happen at my school, and that's terrible. Yeah, it's and horrible. I, I don't even know why I'm laughing, but she actually turned out fine. But. She did, and like I was the kid at our school, like bleached my hair and wore like less than Jake shirts or Misfit oh, shirts. Oh, they all thought you were a whole. But like, they were just weird, like they would call me person. into the office, like, "What's going on in your life, Ryan?" And I would be like, "Nothing. Why?" And they'd be like, well, "What do you do like outside of school?" I was like, "I play video games and just like ride bikes with my friends." And they would be like, well, like, how's your relationship with your parents? And I'd be like, it's real good. And, like, never understood at the time because I was too young. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, we just want to make sure you're okay. And, like, right. I literally was so naive. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> then, like, I would go home over those weekends and literally play video games and listen to records with, like, Justin here. Yeah. While everyone else in my class was going out and getting pregnant and, like, doing drugs and getting drunk. Yeah. But then they would come to school one day and be, like, praying in choir. And it was kind of funny because, like, I was just this normal hello hey hello Vinny. how's it going good how are you can you hear me good i can a little, a little bit of a little bit muffled but that's fine uh, we'll try to make it better i'm here and then justin's here justin say hello hi Vinny. hey what's going on justin oh nothing i must say that i feel kind of a nerd because i'm pretty excited that you're on our show I'm excited to uh, talk some shit. <laughs> we can talk some shit because I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but I do like to ask uncomfortable questions. Are you okay with those? I ask what kind of questions? Uncomfortable ones, like just where you have to talk bad about other bands. If not, if I'm not, I won't do that. I, I, I won't talk bad on other bands. You're smarter than I am. That's good. Because, well, you know, it, it's not that. It's that of... Uh, I can tell you some funny stories about, you know, Linkin Park and things like that, but <laughs> and corn and things like that, but uh like punk bands I like to try to be a, as supportive as possible even though many are fucking D bags. So I think we'll get along very well. Well I was actually gonna say you uh so I don't wanna make this interview any more conversationally, but first of all obviously you play drums in less than Jake. And I, I do. And you are the main lyric writer, correct? What's that? You're the main lyric writer, correct? Uh, yeah, for 21 years right now. <laughs> and you own um, a record label, and you make toys, and you do a lot of stuff. So I guess we can get into all of that. I, I do all of that. We can talk about all of it. Well, I don't want to ask any generic questions. Let's start off with a good one. Uh, 
Where did the name uh, Less Than Jake come from? That would be amazing. But, uh, no, uh, I was going to say, yeah. um, I just think it's interesting because, you know, you've been one of my favorite bands for literally over 15 years, and I think the new record's great, and I, it's nice to see a band still doing that. And it seemed like you guys kind of started at a time when, you know, ska punk wasn't cool. It was before the big wave of everything. So I guess just as your guys' mindset, like, what did you grow up listening to with those guys? And, like, what made you want to have a horn section in the ska parts? Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, when uh, it's crazy enough to to think about this while I'm going to lay out, like, right now, it's that when we first started, the most... The only definition of what ska punk really was, and the only reference point was a cross between anything third wave with like Madness or the Specials, right? Uh, right. Even some of the Clash, even though it was reggae, uh, you had that on one side, and then you had a band that was more rock based by adding kind of like reggae and ska to it, which was the Boston's, and then you had Operation Ivy, and Operation Ivy to me was always the go-to. Uh, the, the go-to band because when I started to really like find my own music as far as punk rock is concerned when I found my own punk rock of my generation it was Lookout Records so that was Green Day and that was Op Ivy Justin, and that was Justin. Sweet Baby and that was I see it and Sweet so Baby, for yes. me when so when we started to 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 get together me and Chris and he was living in, in uh, Gainesville where I live right now but I was three hours south in this sort of like weird town in South Florida uh, we started just kind of write songs and kind of go back and forth on the weekends and I wrote a few to start off with and it was cool but uh, a friend of mine from Sarasota handed me a tape and uh, the tape on one side was the Doughboys uh, and on the other side was a band called Stuff, right? And yes. Stuff is from England, and, and, and they later became on Fat Records. But at the yeah. moment, no one knew who they were. I got this tape I listened to, and it was really super fast, uh, punk rock, but it had a trombone to it. And I took it up to Chris, and I was like, you know, dude, I, after it was all said and done, like, I think we should go... In this direction, we were both really big fans of pop punk anyway, Screeching Weasel, like Chicago pop punk, Naked Ray Gun, and Screeching Weasel, Sludgeworth. Oh, absolutely. And then, uh, and then uh, on the other side of it was uh, the Lookout Record stuff. So I was like, you know, dude, we really should like kind of focus on this and, and kind of blend ass punk rock and, and pop punk and but mix it with have a trombone and saxon, maybe mix in some other ska and some other stuff like that. And it started out in the, this weird conversation we had on his parents' porch, right? <laughs> and then slowly but surely, we sort of started to blend a, a lot of different style in the songs that we were writing. And it, the first seven inch, not really like hit the mark, that was Smoke Spot. But right. after that, we started to kind of gel into to something that 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 really at, at that point wasn't being done at all because like I said you had Op Ivy which on one side and what we were doing wasn't what Op Ivy was doing and the other side of the spectrum was Boss Tones and we wanted it faster and more raw and a little bit more manic and chaotic than the Boss Tones could could deliver you right. know so we kind of just started to mess around you know mess around with styles and mesh styles together and 
kind of slowly but surely, you know, sharpened it enough to to do what we do now. So the the long winded, I'm giving you the long winded answer to no, it. I, I like the long winded answer. That's I, good. I, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Snuff is the band responsible for us wanting to blend sort of punk rock and a horn section together. And uh, the record was Flippity Dob, which was later re-released on Fat, but uh, that's the reason why. And, and I think that at the moment, when we were doing it, like, when we first started doing that style of music, people were like, I have no idea what you guys are doing. It, it was... You know, the punk rock kids and the pop punk kids that were living in Gainesville were used to, you know, uh, sort of that crimp shrine. You know, it's a gravelly vocal right. and, and melodic punk and it's sort of similar to, to what's popular still to this day. Uh, but uh, people were just like, I don't get what you guys are doing. And, and kind of uh, there was a faction of Gainesville punk rockers uh, when we first started that absolutely hated us for blending uh melodic punk rock and, and horns it seems totally silly but you have to realize like back you know 21 years ago it, it was unheard of you know it was either you're playing traditional ska or you're playing this sort of gravelly uh pop punk and, and in between right. was almost blasphemy and weird on both sides of the both sides of the genre you know Right, definitely. That makes sense. That's actually a very good, interesting answer. I'd prefer the long-winded than the short ones. That was a good answer. And it was like something I didn't know. So that I appreciate it. And I was actually thinking, like, I... what did you say? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, a qu- another question I had, just because I've listened you know, to you guys from the beginning, is like, just out of curiosity, just from the difference of labels and popularity of the kind of music, what would you say around the time of Pezcore like what your ambitions and goals were and then what your ambitions and goals were like when Hello Rock View was coming out. Like what were the differences and what was like the attitude of the band? Like was it very drastically different or was it kind of always the same no matter the level you were at? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, uh, I think you guys are on Skype so it's like uh, kind of like weirding out but oh, yeah. uh, I, I, got, I, got, I got the question so I'll give you uh, Pezcore. Well, here, here's the thing. When you first start being in a band, you just kind of hope to, to play somewhere, you know? Like, yeah. you're writing songs with your friends, and you don't know if they're any good, and you don't even really care if they're any good, but you're just doing it because you love to do it, and you're hanging out, and it's not a big thing, man. It, it's just just something that you're doing, and because you're passionate about it, and you love it, and uh, during Pezcore, man, I just, we were just writing music because that's what we were doing at the time. We were all going to college. We were hanging out, and after we'd get out of college classes, we'd meet up and we'd play punk rock and and write songs and have fun and drink quarts of beer and, you know, go talk shit and go crazy. And at, during Pezcore, it's just, it, it was more hoping that we'd go play shows out of state and it was more hoping that we'd go play shows out of Gainesville and just whatever kind of small step we could make forward. That was a massive success, you know, like, so you, you know, you write songs and then you play live in your own town and that's a success. And then you go to out of town and go play a show and then that's a success. And then you go play out of state and that's a success. And then you start 
an East Coast tour, and that's awesome, and you're high-fiving, and then you go uh, East Coast and Midwest tour, and then it's a West Coast Midwest tour, and then you start to have these like small victories. Yeah, so by absolutely. the time between between Pescor and Hello Rocky, we had these massive small victories. By the time Hello Rocky came, that was our second major label. We were there was much more uh, for, not 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 pressure, but there was an internal expectation for us to continually move forward. And right. so, you know, we had, we had a, 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 to be honest with you, commercial success as far as how much capital paid us and paid us to record versus how many records they sold. It was a success, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when it came time for Rockview, you know, we wanted more internally and we expected more of ourselves we expected better songs and we expected, you know, us to progress live and we wanted to go out of the country and go play shows and we wanted bigger tours and better tours. And, you know, you go down the line and right about then, uh, it was the Descendants Cafe Nation tour, uh, in 1997 that yeah, really that. gave us that opportunity to play in front of massive crowds and, uh, you know, really play in front of people that never heard of our band before. Before that, we would always headline and, and not really uh, do any support slots whatsoever. So we would just go out on tour. And, dude, there's been a point in time where we were playing the weirdest small towns. I mean, we'd go on tour and we'd play two weeks in California alone. Wow. You know, every small town in California. And so we were just, by the time Hello Rockview came, and the, the small, like, sort of steps forward that we were taking since Pezcor, I mean, we expected a lot of ourselves and we expected a lot out of the label that we are with. So it, it was an interesting time for sure. Yeah, definitely. That is awesome. And I was going to say, I mean, you guys, uh, at that point, I remember, I mean, I've seen you guys probably a trillion times, but after Hello Rock View, you obviously went to Borders and Boundaries and put that out on Fat, which I think is a great record. And just, I mean, I, th I think everyone in the world would have a different answer and it would depend on the situation. But do you regret being on a major label or was it an experience that was well worth it and you think good stuff came out of it? No, I mean, here's the thing. With a major label, you got to look at it for what it really is. And, and that's basically a bank financially supporting uh, even the dumbest musical endeavor and, and right. uh, without, without being on capital and then without even going to Warner Brothers, we wouldn't have been allotted a, a lot of the things that we were allowed to do. So I, I would never look back and, and, and say, I, I regret being on a major label at all. I think that it helped us have, it helped us, create a solid foundation that we're still can build the, you know, the house of less than Jake on to this day, I you know, because yeah. we always continued to, to tour and we always continued to write songs and we always tried to do the next progression on things. And, and having major label money at that time allowed us to be able to, to get played on the radio and be in every store that sold music possible. And Absolutely. It, it was a different game. It, you know, it was a different game uh, back then to what it is now. Back then, they didn't want to own your merchandise rights. Right. Back then, they didn't want you, you know, they didn't want to have every single 
bit of publishing that they could get from you to own every you know every piece of song and basically yeah. own every piece of the band. They didn't want that. They just wanted us to write some music, and they tried to get on the radio. And it was a very non-complicated uh, business arrangement, you know, for all intents right. and purposes. That's what it was, you know. And I, I always kind of looked at it like this. I don't know if you agree. And what made sense to me is I would see a lot of punk bands signed to a major label, and then they would get out of it and complain. And I feel like, I don't know if you agree, what Less Than Jake did was you guys, you know, made Pezcore, signed to a major label, and then you made Losing Streak, which was a record that sounded just like Pezcore, just better songs and recorded better. And I think Hello Rotview was just an extension of that. And all the bands that I see complain about a major label... I feel like signed to the major label and then make an album that sounds like what they think the major label wants them to sound like. Because, I mean, I don't know if you yeah, agree. I, mean, I feel like you guys didn't really change at all from Pezcore to Losing You wrote better songs, but you were the same band. I, I, think, I think that we were more self-aware on the first major label than we were on the second major label. I think that that we had Capitol Records, Capitol Records, uh losing streak and hella rock view then we left and went to fat for borders uh which can i just say real quick that borders is one of the most underrated records in history like i mean i was gonna say i think borders is one of the most underrated punk records in history i don't know if people agree with me yeah i agree and it might have actually sold a ton so i don't really know your numbers i just feel like that's a record that doesn't get mentioned and it's like by far my second favorite record from you guys and i love that record Oh, right on, man. I think that that was the first record. Borders was the first record that we did that uh, a chunk of our audience went, no, we don't like this. I noticed and, that. Uh, and and it, was, it was a weird thing, but I also know that that record, just like records that come after that, it's the first couple of years people don't like it, and then they come back to it and go, oh, now it makes sense. I mean... It, we, a kid who wanted, let's say, Happy Man, something that sounded like Happy Man, right. when Is This Thing On came on, or uh, Last Hour, Last Day at Work, they were like, what the hell is this? This is this not <laughs> making me happy and not making me dance. This is making me feel weird. And uh, to be honest with you, it was a weird time. When we reported Borders and Boundaries, a friend of ours, a uh, really, really good friend of ours, and a, 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 a very tight and close friend of mine he uh committed suicide like two weeks before wow we left left to go out to record borders and boundaries and uh he had a girlfriend and he had a twin brother and everything like that but committed suicide and he left a note and that note was to me and his twin brother called me on the phone and he was like you know uh my brother committed suicide and he left this note for you and wow. it was the only note and he read it to me and it, it was fairly brutal and it put a a, a, a very heavy cloud on borders and boundaries. It, it was it, it was the turning point on this sort of lighthearted jokiness. It was a turning point for me lyrically. You don't but have to you don't was, have to answer this, but when you say it was brutal do you mean like after he committed suicide it was like a negative note towards you no 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 the no the no the no was uh very very uh emotional and, and very oh, okay. point, like basically you know I, i'll go I'll go through not in 
detail, but I'll say was, you don't have to say anything obviously and, about that. You don't want to. Oh no, I mean, it's you know I, I don't mind. It was a long time ago, and, and that it, it wasn't negative at all. It was more so he thanked me for always being nice and always respecting him, always listening to him, and that he had gotten involved in heroin. And I had pulled him aside and said I was worried and that the road he was going down wasn't the right road, and that I wished to change. And in, in that, in the note to me was basically just saying that he was sorry that he let me down. But I think when he was saying me, let me down, he was more so trying to say everybody, but it was directed towards me and it was a very heavy time. And like, you know, I, I, you know, went out to California and then the, we recorded that in Grandmaster in Hollywood and Grandmaster was down the road two blocks away from a methadone clinic. So, like, I had to walk up and down that street to go to, like, 7-Eleven. I had to walk past junkies during that whole session. It was just weird, man. And like, it put me in, in a very crazy headspace, but it also made me dig, dig, very much dig deeper lyrically yeah, than I, think, I ever had before. I think the lyrics in that album are great. Did you have a question, Justin? Oh, no, actually, he answered my question while he was talking. So, Well, what was it? <laughs> I was just going to ask, is is that why, or do you think that the 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 way that those lyrics are, and, and that's the that's the album I always think of when I think of Less Than Jake, even though I've loved you guys since, I mean, I was probably, you know, when I was just getting out of high school, so it's been since, you know, 96, 97, whenever Pezcore came out, but I was really impressed by, I guess because of that, like how you kind of have had a progression from... Pezcor being sort of happy-go-lucky and losing streak being sort of, you know, a little bit more adolescent to Hello Rock you being a little bit more grown up, I guess. That was probably about the time you guys, uh, if you even did end up finishing college, that would be about the time that you did finish. And then, like, Borders and Boundaries just seems to me like, like I, I didn't know what happened, but it, you could tell something happened that well, was, was gonna, pretty not, profound. Not to and, interrupt, I was yeah. going to say, though, I think... Justin and I actually bought Borders and Boundaries together on the mm-hmm. same day yeah. from CD Warehouse, which is in Fairfield, Ohio. And I remember we were driving down the highway listening to it, and we were just like, the first song, you know, like from the very beginning, we were just like, this is good. Like, yeah. like something happened to the band, and like you got a different feeling. And I guess what you just explained a lot of it, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's you what... know, it's, it's something that I, that I don't really talk about, but, you know, it was – when you're when you talk about borders and boundaries, it, you, I have to now kind of pepper with the fact that it was a record that that emotionally like dug deep. I dug deep on and and was in a, in a very hairy spot, you know, in in my head. But you know, it made me it made me dig dig you know a bit harder and a bit. Uh, more than I ever had before, you know, and I learned a lot, I learned a lot of lessons in that where lyrics for me, you know, it makes me exercise my demons, you know, uh, I I don't use it. There's some guys who use the sort of lyric idea as something, you know, just as filler, you know, because the melody is important to them and they use a lyric as a filler. And I think in modern pop punk, that's a lot of bands. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of that, you know. And uh, for me, I, I never, I never, well, I started thinking that it was just something that 
was meant to be, you know, have have an attitude and kind of kick it that way. Pesquer and Losing Streak was a lot of lyric that had attitude to it, you know, which is, I just didn't give a shit, and I'm telling you I don't give a shit. And uh, But with Borders and Boundaries, it, it, it made me relearn uh, a lot of things. It made me try to write lyrics and use lyrics as to sort of exercise the demon that that sort of uh, runs around and and I, I use it to this day as that lyrics as that uh, right well I, know, think, to get, to get, I think your lyrics, bad and good. I think your lyrics you did the thing where you grew up but not in the way where a lot of bands do where you got more boring you just had life experiences but let's be honest no matter how dumb the lyrics how's my driving Doug Hastings is a perfect song so it just doesn't matter. Yeah. But what what I was going to say, well, I guess we have a lot to cover. I think I've read interviews with you guys for years, and I already think people are going to be excited about this because everything you've said, I don't think I've hardly heard any of it, and I always read your guys' interviews. That's why we kind of wanted to be a little more candid. But I definitely want to touch on a few other issues. Um, first of all, I was going to say that the new record is great. I think I texted you that, but it's great. Yeah, thanks. And I just I felt like maybe, and like I don't mean this in any like – negative way but i felt you know some of the last few records i love almost pretty much everything you guys have ever done you're in my top five bands but i feel like some of them maybe were trying to sound like some of the old ones and then some of them were trying to branch out and i feel like gmv was great and then see the light just sounds like you guys being comfortable at the age you're at and just writing a good lesson jake record in 2013 with no pretensions that's what i get out of it well you know here, here's the thing uh you know we'll talk about see the light and i well, let's go back. Let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to. Well, actually, yeah, like, you know, on. and we went. We went up to Chicago, recorded it. We recorded Mount Allison, and that's great. And I, but I also think that we learned certain bad habits from from the guys that we recorded with prior to that. You know, so right. uh, so we wanted everything. You know. Has to be everything's on a you know on a click and then on the grid and Pro Tools and everything lined up perfectly and I think that GMV FLA had good songs but there was no the, the emotion for me I, I don't think was there in the music and I think that we try we tried to to make it too perfect for what it should have been it should have been a little bit looser and a little bit had more swing to it, but everything felt I can very see robotic. That. And I think that there's there, there's really good songs on I there. Say, I do think I, there are some great songs on GNV. Yeah, dude, I, I think there's there's great songs on there, but I also think that imagine if those songs, when you play them live now, they have a swing to it, and they have attitude to it. They right. have anger when it needs to be anger, and it has sort of, you know, overly melody when it needs to have over melody to it. And I think that... We, we just missed a, we missed the mark a little bit, you know? And it's funny, I was actually going to say, I realized you guys being a band for, what, 20, 21 years, you said? Yeah. I've I realized this generation gap that's hilarious, and my friend Matt, who runs Animal Style Records, and I have talked, and it's so funny to me that people that are more around me and Justin and Matt's age, if you talk about Less Than Jake in general, most likely someone's favorite album, you know, is going to be Losing Streak or Hello Rock View. But I've realized that in this like younger pop punk scene, like people just get exposed to different records first. And it's so funny to me because I talk to kids that are about eight or nine young, years younger than me, and every single one of them, they're like, oh yeah, my favorite Listen Jake record is Anthem. And to me, that's so weird because I'm yeah. 30. 
even though I think it's a good record, but it's like, I don't know, obviously you're not going to take offense. Like, Hello Rock was my favorite because I heard it first, and I'm sure same as you. Like, in mixtapes, a lot of people still tell me Maps is their favorite thing, and that was, like, something we threw together in the first thing we released. And, like, that doesn't bother me. I'm happy that anyone likes anything I write. But it's just so funny to see the yeah. difference. I don't know if you agree. Well, you know, it, it, uh, I think that people it, people love the record they come in on, and I think that's the, the the cool thing about music, man. Music evokes, like you know, the ghosts of the past, you know, and that's a, yeah. that's a, a pretty righteous thing. So, you know, when you have someone who came in at Anthem and they remember that was their senior year in high school or their freshman year in college and how rad it was drive around and blast, you know, this or that and, you know, have beers and, and kiss a girl or get into a car accident or yes. steal a car or whatever. Man. No, it's like, so right, though. There's a thousand, it's yeah, gonna... there's a thousand things. So it, it just, you know, music has a great way to be able to kind of jump jump uh, back in time, and, and that's pretty cool. And that's what's so weird about it is I was going to say that there's a really good chance that See the Light is by all technicalities a way better record than Losing Streak. But when I was listening to Losing Streak, I was hanging out in parking lots with Justin. I was, like, dating girls for the first time. It was my summers. I was getting my license. So, like, Losing Streak is that record to me. Yeah, and it's just, man. It, 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 it's pretty wild, man, you know. and But the, the thing now is that for being a band for 21 years, when you have now generations of people who have listened to your band sporadically. You know, some people stop listening to Lesson Jake after Hello Roxy came out. There's other people that's, that never, that are fans of Losing Streak, but never cared for uh, Anthem. And, and that blows my mind, but being a band for 21 years, that's what happens. Oh, you have people who float in and out of, of liking your band. Right, and I was going to say, I want to move on to your record label stuff, which I think people will find very interesting. But before that, I wanted to ask, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, pertaining to that, are you surprised by the longevity of your band? Did you ever think it would go on for so long? Or did you, like, you know what I mean? Because it, you have been around for that long. I never even thought of 21 years. That's insane to me. That's but uh, are you surprised that you guys are yeah. still doing what you're doing and, like, gaining new fans and, and still extremely relevant in uh, popular culture as far as, like, you know, the uh, like as far as like the punk scene and, and ska scene goes, that you're considered to be such luminaries, while other bands have kind of fallen off and you know not made a career like you guys did. Well, yeah, the only bands left are you guys and Streetlight, and then I mean like Real Big Fish. I just did Warp Tour with them, and I'm not trying to be mean, and I love their first few records, but they just seem so out of touch. You guys are, like one of the only bands left that seems to actually be current in any way. You know, it, it, it's weird because when you when you start playing music and you start a band, you never think, oh, we're going to be around for 29 years and it's going to be awesome and <laughs> right. we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I, I mean, now that I look back at 21 years, I go, oh, fuck, man, that, that's pretty cool that, <laughs> that we've been around. But it also, man, you have to, you have to, to be in a band, you have to have uh, this chemical reaction amongst the people you share a stage with and then that chemical reaction has to create another chemical reaction amongst the people that come see you play. And like, I was lucky enough to have, uh, you know, brothers on stage, you know, and, and the, the brothers that play music and, and share my passion 
you know, uh, I'm lucky enough and we're lucky enough to have people respond to, to how we react on stage. And that's not going to say that it's all, you know, smiles and roses and it's all home runs. I mean, oh, we've had our fair share of, of a bunch of stuff and we've, you know, fell a bunch and we've had a bunch of missteps in 21 years. But, you know, ultimately speaking, you can't, you, people can't argue the passion and I would go toe to toe with every single person who says, oh, listen, Jake, you know, they're, they don't care about what they're doing or huh. they don't care about the songs. I would go toe-to-toe with every single person because, like, listen, Jake, it, it is the passion, has been the passion for 21 years, and uh, it's it's always it's it's always been there. It's been the anchor. It's been the rock of, of you know, the person that I am and then thankful for everything that, that it's given me, and, and I try to give back as much as possible. And... and in return for having that. You, you know? do. I mean, yeah, you do a lot for the scene, which I was going to say, I want to talk to you about both of your labels, but before that, I have three kind of hard questions. Are you ready for them? Sure. They're not really hard, actually. They're just a few random things. I was going to say, unlike, we just talked about this, but do you get bummed when people, you know, just want to hear more of the old stuff and not the new stuff? I mean, to a degree, I know you do, but... Is there still a part of you that's like, well, you know, I still wrote Hello Rob, You and Losing Streak, so fuck yeah if somebody relates to it that much? Or is it kind of like demeaning to a degree where it's like, well, we have this new record that's fucking awesome. Why don't you listen to it? You know what? Again, it's like I'm not going to bum out on a dude who shows up who's out with his boys and this is his weekend, one weekend a month that he's going to come out and <laughs> spend his money and drink beers and he wants to hear Happy Man Night That Time. Right. I don't begrudge that dude at all. I'm stoked on that dude that he right. came out and, and, and wants to hear those songs. So I'm bummed, you know. Of course, part of you, the creator part, wants to go, dude, like, you know, we just wrote this song, and it's one of our top ten best songs that we've ever written. Why don't you take a listen to it? But you want to hear, you know, a B-side, you know, of the Losing Streak sessions, and that's what, you, you know, you think right. that. I mean, I can tell you... Yeah, I was going to say, I can tell you that uh, I've only been in mixtapes for four years, and I already feel that to agree when people request, like, Hey Baby, which is this goofy song I wrote for a friend. And I'm like, we just put out this new record that did really well, and people really like it. And people are like, play Hey Baby, or play your Hold Steady cover. And I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, I guess. So, uh, but my next yeah, one... you know, but it, it, part, of, part of you as, the, uh, like, a creator of music, kind of goes, Oh, you know, I wish people want to hear it, but the other part of me goes, fuck, man, if I showed up to a Kiss concert and they didn't play Detroit Rock City, I'd be pissed. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel the same way as whenever I get like that, I think about if I went and saw a band, and I've seen a few bands recently, is like, I mean, I only really love two Blink-182 albums. Like, I'm very in the middle about them. The last time I saw them, I was the maddest I could have ever been, and I just left early. And I was like, here's a band that doesn't give a shit what their fans want, which I guess cool for them but wow i'm never going to see you again granted they're so big they don't give a fuck if i ever go see them again yeah but, but, you're, but you have you have bands though that could get away with not playing and not giving a shit because they're that good you know you have pearl jam well don't say like, good for blink 182 pearl jam maybe you meant that big yeah 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 because i mean you've toured with blink 182 and you've heard what they sound like live and we're not going to throw the word good around yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <you're, you're, laughs> You, you have, you know, you have like Pearl Jam who shows up, 
you know, plays three hours and kills it, but never plays Jeremy, and that's the thing that some people show up for. Yeah, that's true. But you here's know, a, here's the thing, and, and, and people. But here's the thing that people after three hours and seeing them play and go crazy and just totally rule it, they don't care about hearing Jeremy anymore. You right. know, that's a good point. And, and I guess, and that's part of it. You know, so it's it's our job in less than Jake someone shows up to hear happy man we have to just fucking kill good enough or do the math or or any of the new songs off the new record kill it live where they go whoa i should be paying attention to it and they walk away from it going you know i came for losing streak but now you know i'm i just bought the new record and i'm you know and i feel the new record because that's how you play it live so i think Anytime that a band has a new record and they're trying to overcome sort of generations of of different people showing up their shows, you have to play the new stuff with equal amount of passion than you do the old stuff because people pick up on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you're there, okay. If you're there for the fans, then why for the past 15 years, every time I've come to a show and I yell out the song from the Good Burger soundtrack, you never play it for me. <laughs> Good question. Was, what's going on with We're All Dudes? Where's yeah, that at? You never play that song. You said you're there for the fans. It's my one weekend a month. I come out to see you, and then you don't even play We're All Dudes from the Good Burger soundtrack for me. Hey, I, I tell everybody the same thing. If they want to hear We're All Dudes, you got to come up and sing it. All right, I'm taking you I'm, up on that. I'm going to get a hold of uh, well, Kel Mitchell and bring him to the show. <laughs> All right, well, you're gonna have to find him in some weird, like, sort of crack house, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, don't worry, I'll find him. <laughs> Justin knows his way around the crack houses. Moving on to my next question. You know, what? What? Well, here, let me go back to Good Burger real quick, right? <laughs> right? That was that was a, a, a the weirdest one of the weirdest things that we've done as a band, and it was hey, here here's what we did, and then. And people go, oh, that's so weird you guys did that. It's not really weird. We sort of, as we were doing it, we were laughing and having, like, we had, I could probably talk a half hour about recording that song because <laughs> that's the amount of stuff that came up during that. Well, I mean, It never seemed weird of, anyways. We, it was... we made Nick, wait, I want to give you this, just real quick. <laughs> we made Nickelodeon mad enough that they filmed a video without our band in it. <laughs> For that song, there's a we're all there's a we're all dudes video that played on MTV that does not have less than Jake. It has a group of actors playing wow a band that back that's backing uh, Kel Mitchell. That's how mad we're going to link that to the Tumblr. Don't worry. What, how I, is it? Is it? A, is there a way to make it a short story? How did you make them so mad? Just from wasting their money, or just from like? What what did you do something to them? I, I can't I can't I can't even without without going into a long drawn out story, I'll go with the fact that there was a point where every executive of Nickelodeon was in the studio, they came by I told them to look up at this monitor and the monitor had Chris in the other room with a bagel half a bagel shoved up his ass <laughs> and literally people were just looking at it like what are we looking at and yeah. i was like and you see chris's face kind of turn and literally at that point i'll give you the highlights that particular instance and then getting uh, every camera guy that was there filming insanely high uh changing the 
text outside of a church that was outside of the studio <laughs> using the uh, studio manager's camera to film like half nude like shots of the band. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and uh, smoking on camera during a Nickelodeon interview, making well, he... fun of Kel Mitchell, having Chris Pullis pants down in front of Kel Mitchell. Well, here's the serious uh, question I mean, then: Why have we not toured the, the or recorded list, together the yet? That was on, man. <laughs> Why have we not toured or recorded together yet? Because I this sounds like things I want to be involved in. You know what? I, we could we could do a. I, I promise you, let's do you know down the road. Let's do a, a, a we're all dudes special as <laughs> well. Like where that's that's all that's all we talk about. I'll talk about that for you know, an hour of, of the hilarity that went on with that. Okay, that's I want to move on to a few things. Do you only have ten more minutes left, or can you push it back a little bit farther? <laughs> Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. I'll say, I know you only have like 10 minutes left. Can you push it back a little bit farther? I think that's, uh, hold on for one second. I can tell you what. <laughs> Family man, I, business I, 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 I'm probably I'm probably 10 minutes in, and that's probably about all I have in me. I'm looking at my daughter right now who's offering me a spoon right now. <laughs> all right, well, quickly then. Um, I know the, I want to talk about the label after this very fastly, but... First things first, if you had to pick, and I know it's going to be impossible, do the best you can, though, what your favorite, most accomplished Lesson Jake song is and what your least favorite is that you just feel probably shouldn't have been recorded. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Rest of My Life is the one that I feel musically is the most accomplished to it. Okay. Just because if you listen to the the studio recording of it, there's a, a ton of things that went on in the production of it, and as far as it's the most produced song that Lift and Jake has. Okay. Uh, the abortion that never should have happened probably would be Who Holds the Power Ring on uh, the Smoke Spot record. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough answers. I'll take that. So I guess moving in quickly, um, I wanted to talk about, you started Fueled by Ramen, correct? Yeah. And it was you and somebody else, right? It was, it was me and John, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously you guys single-handedly kind of like almost helped create popular music right now. I mean, I don't know, would you would you disagree with that? What's that? Say that again? Let's say, I mean, you guys almost single-handedly, honestly, created popular music right now to a degree would you disagree with that uh you know yeah no i mean i think that that at that time there was a lot going on so it was drive through records and Phil by ramen as well as you know epitaph uh, had a lot going on to it i mean see i would, I would do see... it, 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 it that there was a moment probably about a five-year moment that of a lot was going on then and those bands that were happening at that time are still around and I still had you know a, a weird shift happen during that time and kind of hit the popular music stride of things whether it be you know Newfound Glory Dashboard Confessionals uh, you know something corporate uh, then on uh, that was on the drive the drive through side for uh for Feel By, it was, you know, uh, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Paramore, 
uh, Gym Class Heroes. Right. So, I mean, there was there was a moment that... Uh, well, I was going to say... it was just converging. I think you're obviously being very nice, which is good, and it's fair, and you make a fair comparison, but I mean, I know you don't do Fuel Bar Ramen anymore, but you can't even stack, you know, something corporate newfound going in the starting line against fun, Paramore, Panic of the Disco, and Fall Out Boy. I mean... If you looked at those record sales, I think it would be monumentally, insanely different. That Fuel by Rama would just dominate. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 not gonna say, you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm being <laughs> modest and and uh, I mean, you I'm not trying to I'm not trying to underplay it at all. I just think that there's a a, a five year moment that happened in underground music that exploded into the mainstream. And drive through was definitely a big part of it. Definitely was part of it, you know. But do you think there's a drive through record that sold as many as almost any Fuel by Ramen record once you guys started signing those bands? I get that older Fuel by Ramen was a little different. Newfound Glory Glory sold a shitload of records. But compared to Panic the Disco or Fall Out Boy or Paramore or Fun? Well, Fun... That was after I left, so True, I but you started I, I don't the label. Really look at that, <laughs> you know. I, I don't. I don't look at it that way. So uh, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 to be honest with you, I'd be interested to see uh, go go record sale for record sale during that like five year time period to see who sold more records. Right. You know, a, a friendly wager. I would think that uh, that while Fuel by had the, the some massive records, but drive through was just every record was selling a lot of records. True, but I would still probably bet my house that Fueled by Ramen would have way more record sales. We we just want you to admit well, maybe, that man. we want you to admit that you created popular culture right now. Right now, you are control of the world. But what I also yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> when you started Paper and Plastic, which I think is awesome. Obviously, you did it for a reason. That was more you want to get into the design of vinyl, the toys, and just more of the interactive experience of everything, which I think is awesome, and I wish many other labels did the same thing. And I was going to say, I mean, I don't expect you to say anything negative, nor do you need to. I don't want that. I just meant, did you do that? Because, I mean, when you signed Fall Out Boy and Paramore and stuff, was that just you, or were those kind of the bands where you were starting to get into the point where you were like, you know, this isn't the stuff I want to be putting out. I want to put out punk records. Well, I mean, there's there's definitely a time that I I didn't uh, when I left Feel by Ramen, I I was looking at the horizon line. I wasn't feeling passionate about the music that we were doing, and it was a good enough time where someone said, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I'm interested in in this." And I was lucky enough when I walked away, it, it made sense totally. On yeah. the paper and plastic side of it, uh, it was that I wanted to put out records and I wanted to do. Uh, be involved in a visual side of things, put out records that I like, but also there was no preconceived notions about it. I think that there's some people who mix up the fact that I was involved in Fuel by Ramen versus uh, Paper and Plastic and how Paper and Plastic would react and try to be a, a record label of uh, in this music industry in quotes. You know, for me, I think that you know, with paper and plastic, it's not me trying to sell, uh, you know, a million records of a band. Oh, it's clearly. Me going, yeah. Oh, this is how this is how I feel, and I, I like this band a lot, so I'm going to put out the record. I don't care if it sells five records or 
500 records or 5,000 records. I just put out records Which because is I love the, it. The best. You've always put out a lot of my friends' records, and I love that you put so much detail into making artwork and vinyl look cool. And you do it knowing you might not make money, and I wish more people would do that. At the same time, you have the opportunity to do that. Obviously, a lot of people don't have that opportunity, but it's cool that you're using it for something good in the scene instead of just being selfish. Well, it, 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 well you know, that's the whole thing. You know, it's uh, I, it goes back to giving, giving back to what people give me. Like, you know, punk rock gave me the opportunity to to do a lot of things. So I now I'm in a position where I can try to give back and, and do that, you know, sometimes successfully, sometimes not successfully. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that it, it's a perfect, it's a perfect, uh, uh, and logical thing that I'm doing at paper and plastic, but it's enough that, that I feel that I'm, I'm supporting the things that have supported me in the past, that genre speaking wise. That's completely awesome. I was going to say, I know you need to go in a minute. I had some, uh, fan questions for you but maybe we'll have to hold those off to another time and have you back yeah that, that would be good i think that i'm gonna end from what i just said i think that that's the perfect spot to end all right man all right I'm thanks back. for being on i'll talk to you soon thanks Danny. Thank see you brother goodbye rachel's what a cool guy yeah that was such awesome. a cool guy that was really cool and it's funny because he was humble, and I think a lot of people listening don't really realize what he's done. Yeah, he I created, mean that man he created the he, or he signed the band that played on the uh, Victoria's Secret uh, fashion show last well, not, week. Yeah, and he was way too modest. Oh, absolutely, way which too is modest. awesome, and that's a very big compliment to him. But let's be honest here: less than Jake was way bigger than he acted like they were. And Drive Through did really well, but Fueled by Ramen, I guarantee you, if we check those numbers, which I want you to do right now, so we can, I'm going to text him back. Can you check the numbers of Drive Through and Fueled by Ramen sales? Yeah. Because yeah. I would bet my house that Fueled by Ramen wiped the floor with them. Yeah, we'll do it next week. We'll, or we'll find it out by next week. We'll have week. any call back next week just to tell him how wrong he is. Yeah, that's fine. That's what we'll do. So, speaking of bands that have sold a lot of albums... Yes. I have a game for you today. Oh, always my favorite, a game from Justin. <laughs> You're really going to like this one. I don't think I am. Mm, I think you are. So one of the bands that I've talked about that I hate the most on earth right now is the band Imagine Dragons, as you know, which you also hate. I feel right with you there. Well, I've decided to make up a game for you that the title is Bad High School Poetry or Imagine Dragons Lyric. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready. Are you ready? Let's I'm ready. See. I'm going to I'm I'm try and keep a uh, score here of what if you get it right or wrong. Can I also real quick just tell you that uh, you're familiar with a band called the Fake Boys from Boston, right? Yeah. Jem, their singer, just sent me this email. Okay. From the Fake Boys, Ryan, here's some questions for Vinny. Why do most of the bands you sign suck? Does the public have <laughs> shitty taste, or do you love the fake boys? Wouldn't oh, it be the fake more, boys. Wouldn't it be more... Why, wouldn't you sign a band because, I mean, you think that there's potential that they could do something? I don't know. I mean, in, in Filled by Ramen, I feel like it's potential that they could have sold records. But in Paper and Plastic, I feel like it's potential that he likes them or they have potential to be a band that could mean something, you know. I don't know if you've met Jim, but Jim is crazy. Oh, yeah. And the Fake Boys actually, I think, are one of the best bands that exist to this day right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I love them, but Jim is my buddy, and he sleeps at my house whenever they're on tour, and I think he's psychotic. 
And if you heard me say that, he would just laugh, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you a fake boy story real quick. Uh, this is something that everyone needs to hear. Hopefully this doesn't... Well, I think this makes their band 20 times cooler. Some people won't. Okay. If you don't know who the fake boys are, they're on Animal Style Records, and they're three dudes that look like they grew up in the hardcore scene, lifting weights every day, full covered in tattoos. You would be terrified of every one of them. They're all built, and they literally play these amazing, beautiful rock pop like post-punk songs that sound like they could be on a stadium in a Foo Fighters tour and people just haven't caught on yet because people see them and think they're going to be a different type of band but they are crazy and they're very large scary gentlemen from Boston yeah. and well, what I'm saying is Jessica Lincoln listen to Pig Factory the album will blow you away it's a pop rock album and uh, Jim was on tour the fake boys were with uh, a band called Light Years who are good friends of ours that we've taken on, on tour and they saw a comment on Facebook where a man, a kid, I guess, just, you know, was like, this band sucks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. People say about mixtapes all the time. They say I'm ugly. One guy on Punk News said that he punched me in the back of the head because he hit on his girlfriend. Hmm. It didn't happen. Hmm. But he said it. <laughs> so either way, this is no joke. Uh, they had one day off. I believe they were in someplace not in Florida. And not within five to ten hour drive from Florida. <laughs> they have the day off. And they're sitting here writing down a plan where they can leave their van there, rent a car, yeah. drive to Florida, show up at this kid's house, beat the shit out of him, <laughs> and drive back and make it back to the tour the next day. To which, you know, Pat from Lightyear's replied, you know, he talked him down like, guys, it's really not worth it. Yeah. And I think that's hilarious. No, I think Some it's Some people really will. Funny. And my other favorite story from Jim is Pat was talking to him one night on that same tour from Light Years. And he was like, I'll see you tomorrow, man. Jim goes, I don't know. Pat was like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know, man. Just have a bad feeling. <laughs> and but like, he's not being funny. He, he's Probably actually. Very yeah. insane. And last one I'll end on, you can start this game, because this is my favorite one, and I will never get tired of this. As one day they were sitting at a venue on that same tour. This all happened within a two-week tour. And this is dead serious. Pat's sitting there, and Jim goes, I don't belong here. And Pat's like, what? And he's like, no, sorry, I don't mean at the venue. I mean on this earth. <laughs> so, That's perfect. The Fake Boys. Check out Pig awesome. Factory. They're good friends, and I don't care. That record is fucking awesome. I will link to that. Yes. But uh, on a note that perhaps you've been delaying the inevitable <sighs> Let's of play what's the about game. to happen, is a band that you won't like. So here's the first one. Love is bright in the tearful eye, so bright you have to look pa or you have to see past the film of reality. I refuse to believe that that's on a top forty record. So high school poetry. All right, you're right about that. Thank God. Every morning I am staring shadows in the eye. Oh, good morning. Will you just wait until I die? High school poetry. No, Imagine Dragons. Oh, man. You actually <laughs> went to their lyric page to do this too, didn't you? Did you listen to it too? No, I didn't. Okay, not. I was gonna no. say. Below my soul, I feel an engine collapsing as it sees the pain. If I could only shut it out, I've come too far to see the end now. High school poetry. No, nope, Magic Dragons. You. Can we get them on the podcast? Right <laughs> can, I, can I tweet at them the number and see this if they're the calling? This is the thing about this is that like I was like, okay, the reason that I did this was I heard their new single on the radio, I've that heard Demon it. song, right? And uh, I heard that and. I was like, 
I was like, why is this? I started actually listening to the lyrics, and I was like, why is this so terrible? Like, are these these guys have to be like a little bit older, right? Like they're like mid twenties probably. But the lyrics were seriously so bad. I was reminded of like being in middle school poet like English class when someone would read their poem out loud. Right. And it was like that. So I decided, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go look up bad high school poetry and then I'll make this game. Um, let's see. If I could tell you how I feel, you could make my dreams come real. Then maybe I could be the only one you'd see. I try and find the words, explain how much it hurts. Oh, Imagine Dragons? No. High school poetry. Yeah. <laughs> this is like your worst game because like it's impossible. These lyrics are so completely like it's the Nickelback thing, which I think a lot of people don't realize. It is there is an art to songwriting, yeah, and pop, yeah. and a lot of bands There's do it. And I'm gonna open up everyone's eyes, and people that don't notice this now, you will start to notice it. If you listen to bands in our scene, whether it's mixtapes to Banner Pilot to the Wonder Years, you know, to punk to indie to the Promise Ring, any real band, mm-hmm. you will notice that you relate to songs, but they're about those people. Like when I write. I sing about specific things that happened to me, and you might relate. And there really is a formula that Rivers, after he went crazy, started doing in Weezer and Nickelback and those bands do. And if you notice the formula, and Imagine Dragons is proving it, is that none of these bands will ever sing about a specific topic. If you listen to a Nickelback song or Hender or Imagine Dragons or of Monsters and Men or Take Your Pick, every song is you and me. There's never like a... for instance, I mean, it's reference to Wonder Years just because, you know, he said they turned on the fountain today in Logan Circle and he's talking about riding his bike on his street and he's naming the street. Yeah. And the mainstream radio, there is a formula and it's me and you so everyone can relate to it, which yeah. is why every single person hears these bands and is like, oh, that song just changed my life. Yeah, and it's like exactly. anyone relates to that yeah. song. Like you're saying like yesterday – I felt sad. Yeah. People were like, yeah, and oh me too. God, you know, I have sad felt too. sad before. And like, just so everyone knows now, keep that in mind. It's kind of sad, but that is the formula, and it works. Um, how about this? You kiss and you kiss, and you love and you love. You got a history list, and the rest is above. And if you're warm, then you can relate to me. That has to be high school poetry. No, that's Imagine oh Dragons. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope these guys call in. I, okay, hold on. There's a couple more. All right. I just wanted you to see me, unable to move, to speak. I start to bleed, pale in death. Now you see me. High school poetry. Right. Okay. All right. If you love somebody, better tell them while they're here, because they may just run away from you. You'll never know quite when. Well, then again, it just depends on how long time is left for you. First of all, won't you know when? Because they ran away. Yeah. So what do you mean you won't know quite when? Yeah, exactly. That's not even a question. Uh, Imagine Dragons lyric. That's right. Because it's so vague. Yeah. I like, someone might run away from you, you'll never know when. That would be like if I said, I might be sitting by my front door and it might open, but I'm not sure when. (laughs) Except I am because I watch it open. (laughs) All right, how about this? I say, stop chasing the grief you're after. There's always a high to be found. Your life is full of smiling and laughter, but all you can see is the ground. Every one of these is the same. Mm-hmm. I can't even like. Yeah. All of them are just like. I told you. And life is be... like this, and heartbreaks like this. But you do this, and then things are better. I told you it was gonna be hard. Ah, uh, that's Imagine Dragons. Nope, that's high school ah! poetry. All right, there's two more. All right. Okay. Um, no, I'm sorry, three more, but they're real short. 
Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I threw some rocks up at your window. I broke some rocks right through your window. Blink-182? Yeah, I know. Seriously? uh, High school. No, it's Magic Uh, Dragons, though. But seriously, is that like... Is that a Blink-182 song? Yeah, it might as well be. Did did Tom DeLonge write that for them? I've never Um, understood, like, in our day and age, like, it's 2013... Why are you throwing rocks at a girl's window? Oh, Fucking text her. Text her yeah. I mean, there's not hard Snapchat, to do nowadays. You did, yeah, man. Sna- Snapchat, Snapchat Twitter, FaceTime, and 2013. I, I feel like throwing rocks at somebody's window is just destructive. Yeah, I mean, even there's if you not, want to go back to like 2007 or yeah. nine or whatever, just you know, poke them on Facebook. I get in the say anything days. I mean, the movie, not the band, like the boombox. Yeah, he didn't have a cell phone. I get it. Yeah, he did that because he loved her. Yeah. Nowadays, you're throwing rocks at a house. You're an asshole. Especially because that girl probably doesn't own it. It's her parents' house. The fact that there's a grown man who wrote those lyrics yeah. and that's a, sell, a high-selling album. <sighs> How about this? I kissed you first, but you kissed back. We closed our eyes. The world turned black. First of all, that just sounds kind of diminished. It's like it starts yeah, off like we kissed and it was good, and then yeah. the world turned black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was they opened a black hole? Yeah, they're going to hell because yeah. they kissed. Hell's not black. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, upset you. What color is it? There's no colors. <laughs> There's no colors. There's no colors. Well, isn't... I mean, I guess black is all color. No, it's absence of color, right? No, it's a color. I hate when people say that. You know why? If I look at like a green wall next to a black wall... I no, di- I agree with you. I, I differentiate the color. Black's a fucking yeah, color. I know. I agree. It's stupid. All these artists that are like, it's the absence of light. They, shut up. <laughs> You're the same people... That go to school and spray paint a Happy Meal green, leave it out for a year, and call it art. Yeah. Fuck yourself. <laughs> so what do you think? Is that Imagine Dragons or is that poetry? That's Imagine Dragons. Nope, that's poetry. Oh, my gosh. All right, final one. All right. I want to hide the truth. I want to shelter you. But the beast. But with the beast inside, there's nowhere we can hide. Is this person going to murder the girl? I don't know. What the fuck? Like the beast inside, is that like they're like inner, like the <laughs> yeah. shining? No, it's their, uh, it's that fake fuck bullshit that people do when they write poetry and they're like, you should watch out for me. I'm so dark. You know? <laughs> Just got all these. That, that's the type of person that says like, I love you and you love me, but you're not safe. You yeah. don't need to be with yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. It, even though like all they do is like drink beer and work at McDonald's. And, like, <laughs> yeah. you, know. you don't get my past. Yeah, it's just... My dad, he wanted me to wrestle. <laughs> but I, I did didn't want to wrestle. He came up and he was like, You know what that hey, reminds me of? I'm going to guess real quick and we're going to finish this yeah. conversation right now. Yeah. That's an Imagine Dragons lyric. Yeah, that's from that new song, Demons. Good. Now, uh, let's talk. You only got four right. Uh, you got seven wrong. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I win. <laughs> I think you do too. Now, let's talk about bands that wanted to wrestle and stuff. Can we uh, talk which, about how you got a mat in your basement? Not we, a lot of people have that. Justin and I were in a band in high school we've talked about called Verbal Dynamite. Yes, we were. And we were, I don't know what we were. We just have fun. Like, yeah. the same way I take music now really is no different. I right. don't care about money is we p- made kiddie pools full of whipped cream. We slammed people in costumes through tables. Right. We shot almost killed cannons. a girl in cold almost blood. Almost a girl. We weren't very good, and we had the most fun, which mm-hmm. is still how it is. Yeah. When mixtapes go on big tours, I don't care if we're the best. I care if we're the best. Yeah. If you if you get the difference, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be the best. So, uh, we just had fun, and we played with some bands that were real serious. And I want to tell you about a little band called Message and Blood. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> it needs to come up right now. Uh, this was a band who I don't know if I want to call them a hardcore band. This was about. 
12 to 13 years ago before hardcore became what hardcore is now when it was more like a mix of like new metal meets like pantera with kind of breakdowns because hate breed was getting big mm-hmm. and oh, the they band, also had a dj thing didn't they? no they didn't oh no no that they didn't that was train of thought yeah he train went on to be foxy fine. shazam yeah which is amazing to me yes but uh so they uh they got into some feud with us I think because we made fun of them because they were stupid and their yeah. songs were really funny. Yeah. And first of all, before I get into what Justin did when they threatened him, um, I would like to give an example of a song of theirs. And the chorus went like this. I go ape shit. You go ape shit. We go ape shit. Ape shit. Ape shit. <laughs> so this is what we're dealing with, just so everybody knows. And the, I still remember name, this. this. Their name previously was Skullfuck. Oh, they changed it, oh, to, sorry, Skullfuck. They changed it to Skullfuck. From Message right. and Blood to be more offensive. And then that guy, those guys went on to be in the the band Four Ohms that was in uh, Fairfield that was a hippie, hippie band. band. Not only that, I want to tell you that I reminded this because the singer of Message and Blood, like, they were this real intense band and, like, they all wore, like, cut-off shirts like, sweating, singing these songs, ape shit. And I always remember, like, I might have only been 17 or 18 and Justin was 20, but, like, we still had the same personalities basically we do yeah. now because we weren't dumb. And he would literally be like, song I just want to use to encourage people. I know that our songs sound angry, but, like, you can do whatever you want. And it's like, when I was younger, I wanted to be in a band. And here I am standing in front of you. We were playing, like, a record store with 30 people there. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not an arena stage. It, is, it was 16, so how much younger could yeah, he have been? Not only that, but he said, no, I'm here standing in front of you like it was a victory. And he was like, my dad always wanted me to wrestle. <laughs> and, and, I, and I never wanted to wrestle. I wanted to be in a band. And here I am. So you should be inspired. And then they would play songs like that ape shit song. Yeah. And what was the other one? Hold on. I remember the other song. I can't even fucking remember at all. Oh, yeah. It was like, emotions overflowing. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Fear of jealousy without even knowing. Dun, uh. dun, dun. So that's our message about them. So this has been a good candid Well, I was, but they uh, they got mad at me because I made fun of them. Yeah, going to this story, because remember you Photoshopped some stuff. Well, I, remember, I kept making They threatened to, like, them. kill you, I think. And then we, we, <laughs> we recorded one of their songs because we were just making fun of them, and we put yeah. it online. And a guy threatened to kill me. Yes, and I did. kept I, – all I did, I just kept sending him my address over and over, telling him to come over. But he told me he wasn't allowed to drive, which I don't think he wasn't allowed to drive. I think he couldn't drive because I think he was like 15 at the time. Right. So to get me back, what they did, and I still have this picture, and maybe I'll post it. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I can Man. or not. I don't know if I should. Well, I, I know I can. I just don't know if I should on Tumblr. I remember this picture. But these uh, guys took this picture from a webcam that I was on and tried, like, really horribly hastily like tried to photoshop out my friend tom that was also in the picture and insert the lower half of like a man's torso with a giant cock but what they did was like <laughs> they like used like the uh the lasso tool to like cut out around it but they missed most of the background so it just looked horrible like they had just literally like cut and pasted a guy with a big dick on there except he didn't have a big dick they had made it like they had like enlarged it or 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 scaled it so it looked bigger but it was all like fucked up and warped and pixelated so then they posted on their website on their website they acted like it was some big deal so i just took it and i put it as like my profile picture yeah and like everywhere i could and my favorite thing too is the drop off of intensity through the situation was like I'm going to kill you to, like, I'm going to Photoshop you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, 
I think we even told him, like, we don't really care about fighting, but, like, you're not going to fight us. Well, you like to fight? <laughs> Pussy! <laughs> so, that was the Skunkerific days. Man, we can go on for that next oh, week. We can talk yeah, about Skunkerific yeah. for sure. Anytime. I want to talk about some more, a few other things, too. Um, I think I got a question, actually. Oh, yeah? We got a couple on here. Oh, did you? Yeah. Let's do a couple. The, the Littlest Avenger asked for Super Bowl predictions. Ooh, okay, Littlest Avenger. That's a good name. At least you have a name. You've yeah, not real. She's one. asked questions before. <coughs> My Super Bowl predictions. Man. I mean, I hate to be stereotypical, but this season is so lopsided that, I mean, you're going to have to look at Kansas City, Seattle, Denver. Mm. Um, I... I think the Bengals could get there. I don't bank on it. It is my home team, and I love them. They played like shit last night. But much like Cincinnati Fairweather fans is, we've had an incredible season. We have the fourth best record in the NFL. Then we have one game. Everyone on Facebook's like, see, the Bengals suck. And it's like, every team loses games. But I had to go for real. I mean, I'm going to say Seattle at Denver. All right. Well, that's my prediction. Um. I don't. I haven't watched football much this season, so I don't really know what's going on. I'm gonna say Seattle at Denver. I'm gonna hope Cincinnati gets in there, and as long as it's not Pittsburgh or New England, I'm okay. I think Denver is going to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised, and I'd be fine with that. I think it's awesome that Peyton Manning is as old as he is, and everyone kept on giving him shit, and then he came back. And I also like. I had arguments with quite a few people, and people aren't in the NFL. I'm sorry. I'll make this quick. Andy Reid was the coach of Philadelphia, and I always liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would argue to people and say, he's a great coach. He has no team. He has oh. Michael Vick and a Hold bunch on. of shit. What? Hold on a second. Chris Blair's calling us. Oh, is he? Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello. Hello. Hey, Chris. Hey. Chris. hey. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? What's up, gentlemen? Nothing. We're talking about the Super Bowl predictions. What are yours? Well... I do not follow football, so so sorry. Uh, predict something for us. I don't know. You know, I I I, I really I have no idea. Predict uh, predict for us oh, an event that's going to happen in the world in the next week. Predict predict an event that's going to happen in the world in what? In the next week. Um. Okay. Uh, there will be lots of presents. That's and true. Th- yeah, yes. And uh, there will probably be some... Uh, will probably be a lot of Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4 shortages, I would think. That's probably true. Chris, do you find Santa Claus attractive, and do you still believe in him? Um, I haven't seen him in a while, so I don't know if he's attractive anymore. He's probably really let himself go, I would imagine. He, he has to have. Um, Fair. You know, I try to believe in him, but the dude just keeps letting me down. How so? Well, you know, you put your list out there, and, and when he doesn't deliver... You end up just getting really mad and, and breaking all your fine china and such. Chris, what is your Christmas list this year? Yeah. 
what? What is your Christmas list this year? Maybe we can get some listeners to help out. What is my Christmas list this year? Hmm. Some more, well, f- some more fine china because you broke it all last year waiting for Santa apparently. Claus. <laughs> I would like Santa to, to to get me a really nice B three bomber leather jacket with sheepskin. They're kind of pricey, so okay. I don't think that's gonna happen. Why don't you just get a sugar mama? Uh, Cougarlife.com is a good website for that. Yeah. That, that, you know what? That's not a bad idea. No, it's not. But uh, I'm, a sugar a sugar mama probably has its ups. It definitely has its downs. Well, they sponsor I, us. I Cougarlife.com. I'm telling you, you, sign up on there. You're a young man. You talk to older rich ladies. <laughs> that's real. Nah, I think it's gotten too commercial now. That's, I don't think there's as much the problem. on it anymore. That's the problem with having like. You know, being the person in the relationship that's not like old and weird, and just like younger, and you know what I mean. Like, well, this is pretty awesome. Like, you know, they buy me all this awesome stuff, but what do you have to do when no one's around? Who cares? That is the question. Who cares? Feed them, oh. feed them coconut water. Oh. What wouldn't you? What pretty. wouldn't you do, Chris? Well, let's just put it this way: it may not be, may not be well worth the money. It may, may not be. It probably is. <laughs> I just thought, I want, wait, Chris, what do you think that they make you do? Chris, you just have sex with them. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I just want to know uh, what you, but I want to know what you think they make you do, because you sound like you have, like, yeah, I'm some curious. weird trepidation about this that doesn't seem to exist anywhere other than, I've never heard anyone say this about the idea of that website or a cougar other than you. Oh, no, I don't think it's like, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I, you know, and there's there's some of these couples where the, the chick is like, you know, no, we don't really have, like, a physical relationship or anything. Like, we just, uh, you know, he's just really nice and really nice to me, and it's all, like, all bullshit. You're not doing, yeah, whatever. You're totally doing stuff with them, and that's fucking weird, and ugh. Why? They're not, like, it's not like they're 100 years old or they're dead or something. They're just, like, 40 or 50-year-old well, women. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the relationships, like when you hear about the really, really super old dude and the young, the, you know, the really young chick that's with him, and it's just like really weird. Yeah, she no. has sex with him and he buys her stuff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but the, no, yeah, no. Finding finding a sugar mama in her fifties or sixties—that's that's that's potentially possible because there's some women in their sixties that don't. Let me say it again. Cougarlife.com. Sign up tonight. Chris, how you're? <coughs> Chris, are you 32 now? What? How old are you now? Man, I'm like 48. <laughs> Here's the thing: if you were if you were a rich man, I know for a fact that you'd be out getting an 18 year old girl or something like that. Oh yeah, I know it for a fact. You buy her whatever she wait, wanted. Wait, You're... excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Are you trying to confuse me with Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. You, you, I, I'm, I'm actually saying that you're just like him. You, you, hey guys, we all we all become what we hate, Chris. You're going to become Jimmy Buffett. Chris, before we let you go, give us a Jimmy Buffett impression, please. Oh, I gotta go get some some uh, some really ridiculous gold from Indus Jewelers at Tri County Mall. Actually, no. Indus Jewelers. Here's a better thing, Chris. Chris, as Jimmy Buffett, try and sell us a LeBaron convertible. Ooh, I like. It's just it's just the classic trashy convertible. It's the one that always comes to mind. So. 
I don't know. I know, no, but not sold. No, no. You you have to act as Jimmy Buffett trying to sell us a LeBaron convertible. Yes. I have to what? You you act like you're Jimmy Buffett and you try to sell us a LeBaron convertible. What would his sales pitch be for oh, a LeBaron? Oh, oh, okay. I got you. I'm sorry. I'm just having a little trouble hearing you. Oh, hey there, Mr. Um, Buffett. I'm old, really interested. Old age is, old, old age is setting. Hey there, Mr. So, Buffett. I'm really interested in this bright red LeBaron convertible. What do you think about it? Well, you know, guys, you can't beat a classic. You can't beat a classic. <laughs> you see this baby right here? He comes fully loaded with this brown leather. Now it might have a little bit of cracks in the crackling, and then, uh, you know, it's a little aged, a little warm, but it's all right. You know, it's a classic. You just can't beat a classic. Jimmy, do you have Coke on your nose? Do you have a white powder? Oh, you know, guys, no, no. Come on now. And <laughs> that's just a little, little powdered powder sugar from a donut I ate earlier, you know. It's no big deal. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, why is no your... to get the law enforcement involved, okay? Uh, why is your shirt not buttoned? Well, you know, it's, it's Florida, you know. I'm just letting the breeze in. No, it's Ohio. Oh, well, I thought we were in Florida. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably all those powdered donuts you're eating. Oh, wait, I'm on tour. Ah, oh, sorry. I, I oh. sometimes forget where I'm at. All right, Chris, just we have to finish. playing fin- on my guitar, man, you know. <laughs> Chris, we have to finish our conversation, so we're going to let you go. Thank you for calling in and being a joy. To everyone out there, Chris is single, and we'll post his Facebook page on our Tumblr at the end of this episode. Uh, yes. All right, that's permission. That's permission. You heard it. What? Yeah, happy holidays to you, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Bye, Charles. Quickly, you always say the wrong name. Quickly to tie this up. Yeah. I said that Andy Reid would be a great quarterback if he wasn't at Philadelphia. Everyone argued with me. And he went to Kansas City this year, and they're one of the top three teams in the NFL. So I feel justified in my pick of always standing up for Andy Reid as a coach. Who was the guy who liked feet? The feet? Co- the coach that really liked feet that came out. Like, was he the Jets coach or something like that? I think so, yeah. the Jet- I mean, no one even oh, pays man. attention to the Jets. Yeah, that's good stuff. I have some from Vinny, too, so I'm just going to answer them as Vinny. Okay. Hey, guys. I've only seen Less Than Jake once, and I loved it. I was wondering if Vinny remembered on the 2011 Warp Tour making some ugly dude and really hot girl kiss on stage. That was hilarious. By Curdy. Yes, Curdy, I do remember that. That was hilarious. I appreciate you watching Less Than Jake that year. <laughs> what? Oh, it's pretty good. Okay. So this person just, it's an anonymous one. Really? Have they not learned? No, they haven't, of course. Peons. So this person. Uh, allowed me to understand the fact that apparently uh, One Direction covered Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. I knew that. So, have you heard it yet? I have. Oh, okay. Was it any good? Because I was about to play it, but now oh, I no, it was. Oh, no, it was not bad. I mean, it. I don't get it, I guess, just because they're both UK bands, and we... No, well, no, Weedus is not a UK band. Well, no, I, I, get, I get why. I understand why they would have. it's one of the biggest have. singles in Europe of all time. And also because they were probably... 12 at the time when that song came out so of course they're like that's probably a song they like when they were a kid just like there's shit tons of songs i liked when i was a kid that i don't know why the fuck i like them or know them or would i want to cover them in a band or anything like that that pertains because we talked about weedus last week now they're still a great band Mm -hmm. what's the question though nothing they just wanted to bring to our attention or or they basically like what did we think of it oh it's fine i mean it it sounds uh it sounds like one direction covering weedus i won't hate on it 
I mean, it's not as good as Weedus because Brendan's voice is very, very distinct. Right. But. I agree. No hate. I don't care about One Direction. It would almost be sad I'm 30 years old if I hated One Direction or even cared. You do. <laughs> like. This person wanted to know about this video of you. They just wanted to know what was happening in it and why it existed. Okay. I don't even want to know who this so, is going to be. Ah, video of me. Let's see. So we're both going to watch this together right now and figure it out. <laughs> what it is, is it's a video of me in the corner of my room on a drum set, completely naked, playing it. And with stuffed animals everywhere. What it is, is that I used to do a band by myself called Fetty Duger. And what Fetty Duger was was a band where I played drums naked and I played drums and just yelled over it. And we only really played shows when I knew someone was coming over to my house. So when they would walk into my room, we would play a show real quick. And that is what that video is from. If anyone's known Ryan for any amount of time in real life and has been to his house, you've watched the Fetty Duger show probably more right. than once. And you can post a video on the Tumblr. I mean, people oh, I should know. And this is if you walk into my room at my house. It's... So is the name of the song Yes Mammer? Yeah. Yes, Mammer's the song, and the band is obviously Fetty Duger. Great. Glad that we cleared that up for that person, I'm sure. I think that was a good answer. No, I think it was a good answer. It doesn't really explain why you would do that or why you would make that band. or. Why do people make any band? Just to get it out there. I don't know. Some people have goals as far as bands go. Fetty Duger has a goal. What's the goal? To be able to do that in the stadium one day. (laughs) <laughs> okay, as soon as mixtapes make it to... If you're ever on a stadium tour, I swear to God, you better do that. You know I'll do it. No, I mean any stadium tour, even if you're just in support. Yeah, like, that's fine. <laughs> you walk out before any band and, and compl- get kicked off the tour the first day. <laughs> it's, I might get kicked off Warped Tour this summer anyway, so who knows. That's fine. I hope you do. Attila's playing, so... No. Oh. My boy. Your favorite person in the world. My boy. He won't respond to me, but... That's okay. What's his name? Uh, Franz. Franz. Or on Twitter at SuckMyFuck. Is that really his Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And he's Franzilla. I hate <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to let you guys in on a gag, okay? <laughs> I don't want kids out there to do this stuff. The lean, all I did was go to the gas station for a styrofoam cup with the blueberry syrup and then I didn't add any codeine at all and then complain about how bad it smelled and then proceeded to drink the yeah, entire and it cup. real bad but I just want to be clear don't do drugs also, you're stupid my favorite thing about it is is that earlier in the episode you were telling us about your new diet and then you drink an entire cup of sugar <laughs> <laughs> it's okay I uh, I ate salad for lunch oh yeah I love people who say that like yeah. Oh, no, I can drink an entire case of beer. I ran a mile today. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, basically, thanks again for all the support. I can't believe how many downloads. Please keep subscribing and spreading it because you guys doing that actually makes a huge difference. Mm, spread. So just don't be lazy spread. and just tell people about it and tell them to subscribe because we are moving up in the charts. And I think we deserve to be there a lot more than people that are there because we're a lot cooler. And uh, we'll keep it going. So, please spread this episode uh post about it on facebook and star us on itunes leave reviews it helps a lot and uh ask questions on tumblr please do that or email or follow us on twitter or do oh i I actually want to say i finally got my own twitter 
Oh yeah, Ryan Roxwell LOL. Yeah, you can look it up. It's uh I I decided after a while all the crazy shit that I talk, maybe I shouldn't do it for my band account. Yeah, probably not. So I, probably I, I got my own, so follow me. It's Ryan Roxwell LOL kind of. You'll find it. Look me up. I'm around. It's like Ryan Roxwell and then there's an O L on the end, basically. Yes. So Yeah. So look it up. Do that. Follow me and I, I talk about stuff. I talk about how I don't believe Sandy Hook happened, so if you want to get into that rabbit hole with me, go ahead and talk to me about it. That's fine. And Please tell me you have a real conspiracy theory about how it didn't happen. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. I don't got a theory, sir. I got some facts. Oh, we'll talk I you. haven't heard that from fucking every crazy person <laughs> on the internet. So uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Big Snackers over and ow. Yeah, and see ya. Over and ow. Wait, are you waiting for me to do that? Yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Over Over and out. out. There we go. See you guys next week.